they are making me put a warning label on this podcast talking about adult language and adult situations. First of all, these kids are already adults. They've had phones in their hands from the time they were four years old. They're watching porn, they're smoking, they're cussing, they're having sex. But I have to warn them about my podcast? <laughs> Whatever. Electricast. Plus, she took two bullets to the foot. Yeah. Welcome to Nightmare Road Stories, where we talk with the hottest performers working today about their crazy experiences on the road. I'm your host, Alicia Cooper, and today we have one of my good friends, who is the illustrious bad girl of comedy, Lunell. And we're going to talk to Lunell about her crazy nightmare road story. But first, let's just catch up on what's been going on in the week. This has been a crazy week. Lunell, hasn't it been crazy? Like, what in the heck has been going on? They don't want to give us no money. You know, Mitch McConnell worked $22.5 million and don't want to give us two fucking thousand dollars. Yeah. <laughs> It's been it's been it's been more than crazy. It's been tragic as well because the uh, COVID cases are rising every day, especially in Los Angeles where I'm at, and it's been uh, it's 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 beyond crazy actually. Yeah, it is, and, and it's and it's it's criminal. You know, it's actually criminal. Donald Trump is the the biggest serial killer in America. Say again, Say it again for the people in the back, Alicia. Donald Trump is the biggest serial killer in the history of America. And as of January 20th, he needs to be cuffed. So that's what I'm waiting for. That's what I'm sitting around. That's my hope. That, that's, right. that's what gets me out of bed every morning, Lunell. These people <laughs> sit up here and <laughs> they sit up here and fuss because Maxine Waters lives in a decent house. But nobody says anything about this dang on Mitch McConnell, his $22 million in the bank, keeping the little people from eating. Yeah, but um, it's crazy. But I want you guys to take a look at some of Lunell because I mean, she just she's had me cracking up forever. So just take a look, take a look, a little slice of Lunell and what she gives us when she's performing. My girlfriend called me crying like a motherfucker the other day. I said, Tiffany, Tiffany, what's wrong? Oh my God, it's a muffin. It's a muffin. I'm like, well, what the fuck is wrong with Muffin? <laughs> muffin, Muffin has cancer. I'm like, Muffin had cancer? I didn't even know Muffin smoked. When the fuck did Muffin smoke? <laughs> no, no, Muffin has cancer. I took Muffin to the vet. He said it's gonna cost $13,000 for Muffin to get chemotherapy. I said $13,000? Bitch, didn't I just ask you to borrow $50 the other day? You said you didn't have no money. <laughs> Fucking shit is that. <laughs> then, you know, black people, we have a sick dog. Mm. <laughs> you open the gate. Oops. Oops. <laughs> Not an old lady blowjob stain. Okay? Doesn't that sound enticing? It's great, but you know what? We we what well, we realized that our jokes are pre-COVID. You can't open up a yeah, old lady blowjob yeah, stain yeah, today. Yeah, yeah. Grandma will have to lift a mask up. She got to be six feet apart. 
the shield and be cutting him. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that shield Lugo, is a motherfucker. That shield is awful. I don't know how people had a shield awful. and a mask. You was gonna pass yeah. out at some point. Yeah, right. <laughs> and uh, you know, the mask has helped a lot of snaggle tooth people. It's helped a lot of people with bad breath. But that shield, you know, you can have bad breath and asphyxiate your own self with that shield. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> well, let's talk about your road in comedy because you've been doing comedy what twenty something years. Twenty something years. Wow! And so you got your start where in Oakland? Actually, in Long Beach, California, is where I first started, and I met Robin Harris on the first night that I ever did stand-up comedy. Then he told me to come to his club, which was the Comedy Act Theater in Los Angeles, California. But at the time, I still lived in Oakland. So I ended up being, you know, one of the more popular comics in Oakland, doing every club in Oakland. And I was like, I can either stay and just keep going around in this circuit, or I can leave and try to, you know, take over the world. (laughs) And you've done that. (laughs) You have done just that. I saw you and your beautiful daughter, Danelle, on a Yonla, and y'all were just so cute together. What what was that experience like, letting people into something that personal about you? Because as comics, we don't let you in that close. <laughs> right. Um, well, you know, I had to let all the shields down. I had to let the comic shield down. I had to let the entertainer shield down. And it was more about me and my daughter, you know, in our relationship. And we didn't go there really to get healed. We went there because my daughter's best friend lived in Atlanta. And I was just trying to get to Atlanta so I could see some of my friends. I'm like, let me do this little show and I can get a free ticket and come see my homies. But it ended up being a little bit more... Um, impactful and uh we did learn some tools there and we have tried to do better since we've been on because the mother and daughter relationship all across the country is a very difficult one you know um if it ain't difficult now it will be difficult later so um we have been going through our um uh process and i gotta say that you know things are better you know we still are each other you know you don't care cancel overnight you know but um it's really helped us that's excellent that's excellent and that's the good thing when you come away from a show because you know some of the shows don't go like that (laughs) so (laughs) some of the shows they even the same spot or worse off so it's good to hear that y'all are not only working towards some tools but every day is improving from the day before that's all you can ask for you know that's all you can really ask for it and when i've been around the two of y'all y'all that's just that's some serious love there. It so, is. Yeah, that's some serious love there. And and Lunell is just the best. So how'd you get the bad girl of comedy label? The original bad girl of comedy, to be specific. And um, it was in Oakland. And there was a comedy promoter named Rick Sullivan. And I did a lot of shows for Rick. I worked at a lot of clubs for Rick. And he sort of like is the godfather of comedy in the Bay Area. Like everybody in the Bay ended up doing, you know, some of Rick's rooms and doing them on a regular basis. And he made hosts out of us and headliners out of us. And uh, Rick gave me that name because, you know, I was drinking a lot. I I, I slap a bitch. It wasn't shit. You know, um, Real Housewives of Atlanta did not invent throwing a glass at a bitch uh, in the club. I was doing that in the 70s. The, The difference between me and the bitches on Real Housewives of Atlanta is I don't miss. And now, you know, your teeth is out and I got a felony and, you know, it's all bad. (laughs) So that's how I got that. 
<laughs> well, it's, it's a trip because your talent is real. You know, we got to contend now with reality show people jumping up on stage. And all. We don't have enough room for everybody to be jumping up on stage because they on a reality show. You do this thing for real. You know, yeah, you've yes. been vocal about that. The people that get to pimp the game that really haven't paid their dues, you've been pretty vocal about that. Yes, but, you know, if you can't beat them, join them. They're not going nowhere. Instagram entertainers are, are doing way better than a lot of legendary entertainers that I know financially. But um, there are some talented um, um, internet entertainers. I call them that because comics can't rely on skits. Comics rely on interaction with live people on stage. And everybody that does a great skit doesn't translate to a great on-stage comedian. But there are some comedians that, um, or people that call themselves comedians or are called comedians that are doing skits on the internet that are really, 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 really funny to me. But it's just a different genre. You know, uh, you can kill it on Instagram and all that and the stories and stuff, but that doesn't mean that when you get on stage in front of people that you're going to translate the same because you don't have your other characters. You're just by yourself. Um, I've been very vocal about um, the fact that they're not really paying the dues in the game and that, you know, they're getting paid way quicker than they need to be getting paid paid and stuff. And I've, I've backed off now and let them do them and let, you know, if they get the money, you know, get the money, you know, uh, shit, you know, um, any you know by any means necessary, like Malcolm used to say. So I, I'm not on their dick no more like that. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Well, yeah, because this this last year had been crazy. Like so many things changed in the last year. I mean, after the whole George Floyd situation, it's like us is no longer that way anymore. You know, you see people coming together. We're more unified. There's been a racial reckoning. Um, it, a lot of, th a lot of people lost their jobs, you know, it just kills me when people get on the internet and post something crazy and then don't know how the internet works and they still doing crazy stuff. It's some guy who done cussed out an Asian woman yesterday in, in, the, uh, Orange County. They done found that man online so fast. They done found the gym he owns. I said, Lord, I'm about to give me a stairmaster for $20 because he is going out of business. And it <laughs> always kills me how people don't understand how this internet game works. Everybody getting fired. I was like, see, to me, I was like, that's how we're going to have income inequality. After these people get fired, black folks going to jump in them jobs. So we. we <laughs> well, first we of all, it's not a George Floyd situation. It was a George Floyd murder, first of all. And second of all, um, you know, um, people, real people, have really, really suffered during this uh, pandemic. Small business owners and stuff like that. There's people who opened, sunk all their, their earnings into their new business, which opened in March and then closed in March. You know, um, racial violence is still prevalent. Ain't nothing calmed down. That's all bullshit. Don't believe because... We're going to flip the calendar in a day and a half that everything's going to be all sunny and bright. They have been destroying uh, statues all around the country. They just broke up a statue in my hometown in Oakland, California, of Breonna Taylor. That was one of the most insulting, hurtful things that I've seen since people were pouring black paint on the Black Lives Matter um, 
letters in the street. So we have a long way to go. I'm not getting ready to sing Kumbaya quite yet. I don't give a fuck about what anybody thinks about how I feel. You know, we have uh, we have been the ones to endure all the shit. But what's not going to happen anymore is that you don't get a pass anymore because you're ignorant to um, cultural um, slang and cultural differences and what's proper to say, like you people, and what's not proper to say. You don't get a, a pass anymore. You will be checked at every checkpoint that we can do it in as uh, intelligent way as we can. And if you want to get gully, we can go there too. You know, um, it's it's over. You can't keep teaching the same bullshit and curriculum that you've been teaching for the last 50 years to black folks. We all know it's a lie. We knew it was a lie before it came out during this quarantine that it's a lie. So they're going to have to restructure the educational system so that they don't keep preaching the fucking lie because ain't nobody buying that shit no more. It's a new day for trans people, for, for gay people, for black people, Latinos, indigenous people, islanders. It's a new motherfucking day. And if the white folks are scared, who gives a fuck? Because we've been scared for 440 motherfucking years. We're scared every day that we drive down the street. We're scared every day when we go to the store. We're scared every day. So if you're scared, then enjoy being scared, bitches, because we don't care no more. And on that note, <laughs> see, this is why I love Lunell. This is why she's the original bad girl in comedy. She don't hold her tongue, super intelligent, got a degree. This woman is everything rolled into one. And we are just so happy to have her on the show. When we come back, we are going to learn about When Lunell's we come back, I'll be gone. But thanks, everybody. <laughs> Look, we're going to be canceled. When we <laughs> Lunell done got us canceled. But when we get back, we will hear about Lunell's Nightmare Road story. <laughs> this is my, my original bad girl of comedy. We are <laughs> back with more Lunell. Love her to death. I just love, Lunell, I just love your frankness. I love your, I mean, your comedy is, is, is a perfect mixture of hilarious, poignant, and intelligent. So I just love everything about it. And, you know, thank you for doing the Nightmare Rose story. And I just wanted to talk to you about what you've been And you got the Nightmare bitch to do it. But, but listen, Alicia, let me, let, me, let me calm everybody down. Let's talk about coming to America the Quest, shall we? Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> the fact that this movie is having a sequel made 32 years later, and that 99.9% .9 of the cast is still alive and looking good yeah. is amazing. The yeah. only person in the sequel that will not be present because they're physically not here anymore is the great Madge Sinclair, who played Prince Akeem's mother. Right. There is a picture of Soul Glow in the movie, if you catch it, but he wouldn't be in the movie because he was Lisa's boyfriend, 32 years ago. She'd been married for 32 years. What are we going to bring him in there for? He's not in the movie. The okay. thirsty sister, I don't know why she's not in the movie. Maybe <laughs> she was, ain't no telling, you know, but she ain't in the movie. But guess uh -huh. who is? I am. Yeah. And, um, you know, I've seen the movie. The trailer just got released. It's been sold from Paramount Pictures to Amazon uh, Prime which means that you don't have to worry about being scared to go to the movie theater. You can watch it in your drawers on your own self couch 
with your own popcorn and your own cocktail, your own blunt, excuse me, or whatever suits your fancy, and you'll be able to enjoy this movie. It is not a remake. It is a sequel. Okay. Everybody that was in it before is in it again. All the scenes from the old men in the barbershop to the, you know, uh, sexual chocolate is still in the movie. And some new characters, you know, we have people like Wesley Snipes, Rick Ross, other people that I can't name. And Leslie Jones does probably the best acting that she has ever done in her life. And I'm not a fan. And I, I, I admit that she she really killed this role and she's going to become a big, big star after this movie um, comes out. Um, Eddie was amazing, of course, many times over. Arsenio is great. The wardrobe is Oscar worthy because we have Ruth Carter, who did the wardrobe for Black Panther, who did the wardrobe for Coming to America. This time we have real African movie stars that y'all don't know yet but you will know. And uh, the musical score is great and the scenery is great. And I'm just proud to be affiliated with the film. It comes out March 5th on Amazon Prime. That is awesome. And see, you work with Eddie on Dolomite. Yes, I did. Two movies back to back. Same director, Craig Brewer, who also did Hustle and Flow and directed some episodes of Empire. Craig used me in Dolomite is my name and also in Coming to America, The Quest. I'm really, really pleased about that. And you guys taped Coming to America, The Quest at Rick Ross's mansion, right? A part of it, the, the Palace in Zamunda is truly at Rick Ross's mansion, which used to be Evander Holyfield's mansion. And we taped the other parts of the movie on Tyler Perry's, Tyler Perry Studios, which was, you know, very prideful to come to work every day and go past the Halle Berry soundstage and the Sydney Poitier soundstage and the Oxy Davis and Ruby D soundstage and the Whoopi Goldberg soundstage, you know, uh, for one black man to do that, to acquire a Confederate army base and turn it into a mega, you know, studio for motion pictures and television is bigger than Warner Brothers, Paramount Studios, and uh, Sony put together. So I'm proud to say that I, I was on that soil and filmed a, a motion picture like Coming to America, The Quest. And I'm assuming that you guys shot this pre-COVID, right? Duh. <laughs> okay, okay, good. Because I know Tyler, when you do a Tyler production, he's smart and he makes everybody stay on his campus. Yeah, they, they, stay in, they stay in Maxineville, the village that he created that looks like it looks like that set from uh, Desperate Housewives, except Tyler's houses are built to spec. They have heat, they have air conditioning, they have running water. And when you come to do a movie, you check in, but you don't check out. It's like, you know, rain. And you don't leave until the movie's finished, so you don't be coming in and out with the, with the COVID. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Well, well, I'm glad you didn't have to deal with that at all. And and no. I would have passed out if I was on that day on soundstage looking at those. I would have just got the COVID because I sure was up around Rick Ross neck. You can believe that shit. <laughs> I'd have had to risk it. I had to risk it for Ross. <laughs> all right, Lunell. Well, tell, tell us, tell us your your interesting nightmare road story because you I'm, you've been on the road so much. 
But I just yeah, there's I'm, so I'm many curious. nightmares. I mean, so many nightmares. So, um, I guess, um, I guess I um, I used to do shows for this uh, promoter in the um, Seattle, what the Seattle area, to Tacoma, Tacoma in Seattle area. Mm-hmm. Uh, I won't say his name, but anybody in comedy that knows that area knows the comedian, the 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 the, the guy I used to do shows for, and um, this guy. He uh, he had a habit of leaving you in the hotel because he had a nasty little hooker and gambling habit. And he liked to run off after the show with the money and leave you in a hotel like a bug in a jar and stuff like that. And I literally had to make some phone calls and call my boys, you know, put the word on the street. Now, I'm not a gang affiliated or anything like that, but I do know some people. And so you know you don't want that smoke, not with me. Let I, I but 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 there was a happy ending. I got my money. They continued to live their life and raise their children. No blood was shed, and uh, we went on. <laughs> well, what's the have you ever had anybody steal a joke of yours? Um, I have seen people do uh, uh, uh some material of mine. But it falls flat because it's just like you know what a Tony Braxton song is. You know what a James Brown song is. People know my material for the most part. And I've been around long enough, they know they know my material. Comic uh com- comic audiences aren't as naive as they used to be. And they know whose material belongs to who. So people have tried to do my material before, but they just end up being what I like to call a hack. And they were like, man, that's Linnell's, you know, so I don't worry about anybody taking anything from me because they can literally do my material word for word, but it won't be me. So. Right. So it's not going to have the same punch. No. And it might. And who cares? You know, the bigger fish to fry. Yeah. Yeah. See, I was, I was always taught that you're not supposed to sound like anybody else. That's the whole purpose of getting up there. What you gonna well, you know, you're not like supposed else? to, but, you know, there's people that ain't supposed to sound like Mariah Carey. The people ain't supposed to sound like, you know, uh, Aretha Franklin. But yet there are people like that. And it's not that it's a really a big insult. It's just that they trying. They trying, they desperate, and they trying. And they joke to you, so they trying. And, you know, God bless them, child. And have you ever had people come up to you and ask you to write for them? Um, yeah. What do you feel about that? No. <laughs> <laughs> Even if they paying? <laughs> no, you can't pay me enough. You don't have oh. much money. They don't have that much money to pay me what I what I need to write for somebody. If I write some fire shit, I'm gonna keep it for myself. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> shit. I'm gonna give you all my shit. What the fuck? <laughs> now I look like I'm still. <laughs> <laughs> you look like you I look like I'm stealing my own shit. <laughs> so out of all the tours that you've done, which was the most fun tour that you've been on? Well, absolutely, without a doubt. First of all, I haven't been on a lot of tours, okay? I've only done one tour, and then I did my own tour. And the only tour I ever did before I did my own was being on tour with Cat Williams for the American Hustle Tour, where we, you know, did like 126 cities and then we made a movie afterward. So 
that was the best and only tour I've ever been on. Motherfuckers don't want me to go on tour with them. Why would they want to do that? And see, that's what I love about Cat. Cat is secure in himself. Exactly. He don't get intimidated. He wants bosses on the road with him. Yeah. He does. He does. And that, that was just, it was, it was really amazing to me to realize that because you look at some people's lineups and you're like, oh, you're really making sure they don't laugh till you get <laughs> Shut up, girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you really don't want nobody to laugh before you <laughs> Yeah, you, you want people to almost leave until you get up <laughs> on this thing. <laughs> I never understood that people spending their hard-earned money. Let these people laugh. Exactly. I want everybody on my show to be funny. I want my host to be funny. Yes. I want my feature to be funny. And I'm going to come out and be funny. I want them to leave my shows yeah. fucking exhausted. I yeah. want them to leave my life. I'm like, oh, my God. I remember what that guy said. I don't remember the first guy. And then I want that. I'm not insecure. I'll go up against, you know, some of the baddest in the in the building. The people you don't want to fuck with is some OG. You don't want to fuck with Paul Mooney. You don't want to fuck with George Wallace. You don't want to fuck with Sinbad. You don't want to do that. Stay in your lane. I stay in my fucking lane. But going up against some motherfuckers like a versus, I bow down. George Wallace will fuck everybody out. So you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, and and make it look easy. <laughs> yeah, no, it is easy for him. He's been doing it for uh, 60 fucking years. You know, yeah. he's Mr. Las Vegas. They don't yeah. probably have a higher paid black comedian than George Wallace. Yeah, that's true. And yeah. uh, and Paul and Paul Mooney, I mean, I just sit down and watch him. Like, he's like watching a, a great jazz a professor, musician. A professor. a professor. Unless you're white. <laughs> <laughs> then it ain't like watching a a professor, it's like, oh my God, I'm scared to get up, <laughs> but I want to leave. I came to LA and I was sitting in the back of the original room of the comedy store. This was like maybe 1995. And I sat in the back of the original room. It was like one in the morning and I came up from Maryland. I just always loved being around comedy. And yeah. Paul was on stage and this was the first time I ever jumped up at a punchline. <laughs> I was. I was standing up. I was like, how did I get up on my feet? That's the white how hard folks I was would laughing. be so mad because we'd be beating on the back of the seats, <laughs> dying laughing. We're like, oh my God. <laughs> you don't want it with the OGs. You don't. Really. No, 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 no. It's 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 scary to think about it. I mean, just yes. stay in your lane. Just do you, you know, but don't yeah. try to go up against them. Bow down and give them the motherfucking recognition that they work for and they deserve, you know? Yeah, yeah. Just like yeah. Rudy. That's why it was so great for Eddie to do the Dolomite movie. You know, Rudy Ray Moore was an innovator, even though he was a fucking underdog. I feel like I'm an underdog, you know, who cares? But you still got your lane. You still, he, look, they made a movie about him, didn't they? Eddie Murphy played him, didn't he? So there. If anybody could play you in a movie, who would you want it to be? Uh, Braley Evans. Do you know who Braley Evans is? The name sounds familiar. You have to check her out. I already talked to her about it. I said, if anybody played me, I want it to be you. Oh, Braley yes. Evans. Braley Evans can do it. Yeah, because they just asked uh, Miss Dionne Warwick who she wanted. She said Tiana Taylor. As she should. Yeah, and they actually resemble each other. After the people yeah, they started... got them strong. They got what they call handsome features. <laughs> <laughs> they got them high cheekbones and shit. That's that Indian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It is. I was mm -hmm. like, that is a really good 
a really good suggestion because they said yeah, Dion ain't plane. stupid. Shit, she didn't let she let, let they all gone. Dion's still here. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Aretha Frank. They said she wanted Halle Berry to play her. So oh yeah, yeah. And I and I want uh I want uh, uh Britney Spears to play me. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> Halle Berry, really? <laughs> oh man! Yeah, well, Bradley Evans. She's a wonderful actress, a beautiful girl, thick, juicy, with a great um, kid-like quality that I think that I have. But she can go ham too if you, you know, if you press her. Her press ratio, you know, ten out of ten. Oh, okay. Well, that that yeah, yeah. That I'm I'm gonna have to research her. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, st I'm still I'm just in awe at these young girls. Meg the Stallion, I watched her body video. I said, Body, yaddy, 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 I was like, Lord, I'm too old. If Megan I did any is, of this stuff, Megan is real. She's a Texas girl. She's a corn fed, thick ass Texas girl with no fake titties and no fake booty. So she can talk all the shit she wants to. Mm -mm. No, that chick is 100% bona fide. I was like, <laughs> Not two bullets to the foot. <laughs> to the foot. <laughs> and she, I, but I didn't even see her limping. Girl, I know. She she limped out that car and was bleeding, but she still had her hands up. <laughs> no, she, she's bad to me. I love you, man. I love you, man. Yeah, yeah, she's bad. Lizzo. Lizzo doing it with her flute. Did, you know? Oh yeah, that's yeah, that was that's pretty that's pretty pretty talented. Yeah, I ain't got yeah. the breath for none of that. I ain't yeah. got the breath or the energy to be shot in the foot, and I ain't got the breath or the energy to be blowing on no goddamn flute. I ain't had sex since March 9th of this year, so you know my flute techniques is rusty. Well, well, well I, I I can't be blowing on no flute because I got asthma. So, you know, oh, I have well. two, two puffs and I'm dead. So, but uh, <laughs> so we're going to end on this, Lou. I like to do five little rapid fire question and answers. Okay. So I, just I just throw out a word and you come back with whatever you think of. One word or or just it could be anything. You could yeah, you could just go. Oh Lord, Lord have mercy. <laughs> look at look at God. Look at God, girl. Turn on a regular light by the door. By the door. By the door. <laughs> okay. We done blew out my, my light. That, that's Jesus, girl. That was nothing but the Lord. That wasn't nothing but the Lord. Lord. Oh, look at Look at God. Look at God. Look at God. Look, all the way back. <laughs> and look, you took one of my rapid fires. I was going to say coming to America, but you already, you knocked that out the pots. I got to replace that one. So let's all go right. with, uh, what you think about the new president, Joe Biden? I think that he should do the best he can for about nine months. And then I think he should catch a severe cold and have to step down and Kamala would be the first black female president of the United States of America. And and, and, and she was on the list too. Kamala says she from Oakland. She from your part of Oakland? Fucking right. And <laughs> <laughs> right. she from Howard University. So we ain't gotta hear about this. You gotta come from Yale or Harvard to be in that daggone White House. Howard University is in the White House. Yeah. And what do you think about the vaccine, the COVID vaccine? You gonna take it or you gonna wait? I'm gonna wait until it's 
the situation presents itself. Okay. If that situation don't present itself, then I ain't got I ain't got to say what the fuck I'm gonna do. But you know, we got to see if the situation never presents itself. I'll never take the virus. If I have to take the vi the the vaccine to work, then we'll have to discuss that at that time. Yeah, which means people, no. Which means no. Yeah, because people were saying they're probably gonna make you have to take it to travel overseas and things like that. Well, so. I won't go to fuck overseas. <laughs> <laughs> okay, twice right here. This is true. So, 2021 being better than 2020, what do you think about that? Well, I think we not need not get excited like we're gonna flip the calendar and church is gonna open back up. We can go back out to dinner. It's gonna be months before this shit is over with. So, just calm the fuck down, celebrate, throw some confetti up in the air, drink some champagne, go to fuck the bed. And keep praying. Keep praying. Keep praying. Keep praying. You, you, that's right. You you got to pray just to make it today. That's what Hammer said. The great MC Hammer. <laughs> if you could see any two people in a versus, who would you choose? Because I said Patty and Gladys, and I never thought it would happen. And I'll be daggone the next week if somebody ain't say Patty and Gladys. I said, oh. So sometimes we can put stuff into the universe and don't even realize it. I'd be like uh, Dr. Dre and KRS-One. Woo-wee! Now that's a serious one. You asked. Dr. Dre and KRS-One. Mm-hmm. That is an awesome combination. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I would tune in for that one. Yeah, of, uh, of course you would. <laughs> you know who I would like to see? I would Ugh. like to see Jaheem and D'Angelo. Oh, I'd be asleep for both of them. <laughs> <laughs> I like, did I miss it? Oh, God, I went to sleep first five notes. Please. <laughs> I'm not that type of chick. I don't, I only like Kim. I like Kim. That's it. Oh, Kim. Yeah, when my first when my cousin first introduced me to him, she's like, you gotta listen to this artist named Kim. He's like a baby Al Jarreau. Yeah, plus he used to be on the dope real bad, but he cleaned his ass up. He did. I like a motherfucker with a comeback story. Uh so you like Charlie Wilson. I love Uncle Charlie. What you better not girl, please. I'll walk off this, I'll shut this whole shit down. If anybody say anything about Charlie Wilson, don't fuck. Girl, I'm like I'm like what Kim Waynes used to be on In Living Color by Miss Jenkins. Don't, don't <laughs> say nothing about Charlie Wilson to me. He is musical god to me. And now he got a cut with Smokey Robinson? Fuck out of here. What? That's right. Charlie Wilson put the 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 ice in pipe and he he came back. Okay? He put the ice in pipe. <laughs> that motherfucker smoked so much cocaine. He met his wife in the rehab center. So <laughs> so, Lunell, you're doing everything. You're doing films, TV, talk shows. You got your that, own uh, YouTube uh, uh, Savage X Fenty Lingerie Ambassador, Pit House Magazine, voiceover for the Boondocks, Bull Rat. Stop me when I get lying. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so you're doing everything. Out of all the, well, I guess because you're entertaining uh, everything. Because I was going to say, what is it out of all of that you like doing the most? Stand up. See, now that's a real stand up comic right there. Stand up for sure. 
So you're one of those comics that even if you had a sitcom every week, you still gonna do your stand-up. Yes, I would try to. Maybe once, maybe twice a month, I would definitely go out. Because, you know, doing a, a sitcom is a lot, a lot of work. But I still would like to go out and, you know, communicate with the real live people, not just a camera, you know. And and it's fun if you can have a studio audience, but with this COVID, they're shooting and you don't have no studio audience. And I don't want canned laughter. I want real laughter. So even if I was doing a show, I would still go out twice a month and do stand-up. All right. Well, tell the people where they can find you. I love your YouTube show. So just Thank tell the people my, they can find you. Yes, my YouTube show. I taped today's episode earlier before your show. It's called Hey Lunell, H-E-Y-L-U-E-N-E-L-L. Girl, you'd be surprised how many people I got to spell hey for. I'm like, what are you, fucking illiterate? <laughs> God damn it. They go H-A-Y. No, 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 bitch, that's for horses. H-E-Y-L-U-E-N-E-L-L. That's why I spell this shit. Because you'd be surprised, Alicia, for real. Hey, Lunell, on YouTube. I come on live every Wednesday from 3 to 4 p.m. Figure it out if you're on the East Coast and stuff like that. And uh, my Instagram is just at Lunell, at L-U-E-N-E-L-L. Facebook is the official Lunell. Spell official any way you want to. And, um, you know, just uh, don't look for me in the club. No time fucking soon, because I'm not doing it until like maybe middle of, like maybe springtime next year. But you can still enjoy me on my Instagram lives and on my uh, YouTube show. And we archived a lot of, you know, all the shows are archived. You can go back. Uh, I did a tour of Tyler Perry's studio when I was there shooting Coming to America. That's on my YouTube show. When I cut my nails for my fans to know that I used to wear really long nails. When I cut them, that's on my YouTube channel. A lot of fun stuff. So check it out. Did you cut the nails for, for your role? No, I cut them because goddamn it was quarantine and my motherfucking nail girl was out of business for a while. Oh, okay. But I would cut them for a role. I, I, I Actually, I did cut them for Dolomite because um, okay. back in the Dolomite era, there were no acrylic nails. So I did cut oh. them for a roll. And I, I would cut them for a roll uh, anytime because you just go back to next week and buy them again. Shit. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, lo I love your nails. But you know, me too. I miss them really. I miss them really bad. I know. I know. Your nails are like an extension of you. Well, thank you so much for doing Nightmare Rose Stories. We so appreciate you, and congratulations on all your success. You worked hard, and you deserve it. Thank you very much, Alicia. You know I love you very much, and I support everything you do. I'm sorry I scared your crew. Bye-bye. <laughs> 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 On our next episode, join me and our special guest, Rita Brent. Nightmare Rose Stories is a production of Electrocast Media. Our executive producers are Mark Netter and Peter Rafelson. Our producer is April Simmons. Our editor is Jamal Holmes. Theme music by Emir Oshalai. Please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you like the show, please give us a rating and tell your friends. If you don't like the show, please give us a rating and tell your friends. Until next time, I'm your host, Alicia Cooper, and keep your ears on the road. 
Miles, are you ready to record our promo for season two of the Wanna Bet podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that season two starts August 18th. But I like Airplane. I know you do, but Wanna Bet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. So no more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric acid. Are you a fan of classic cinema or a young person who wants to discover the best films of all times? Do these legendary movies still hold up? On the Generation Film Podcast, two guys who grew up when movies dominated the culture share a great film with a panel of young movie lovers and see how it plays for today's generation. We discuss changes in storytelling styles, representation, and the making of each film, its initial reception, and how its meaning has changed over the years. Join us as we explore cinema classics across generations on Generation Film. Electric acid.